Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Redman Originals podcast time. Get it. Get it. Uh, I'm Paul Chin, Chris Page, Chloe Bloxham, Dan Club. Uh, all in the studio with me for Thank this you. one. Liverpool have completed their second signing of the summer. Get Everyone it! is in a good mood <laughs> as a result. All the people who were melting down me at like days before. Oh, I love it. I just love. I I, I like, and I know it's probably one of the things because it's probably why we're we're, fre- we're good friends. Is I love people who get irrationally angry about stuff really all the time, and you like making people irrationally angry. So I, we're really well, well, yeah, and I get irrationally angry myself, which is exactly right. Which is why we're good friends. But like, also, I did spend far too long the other night reading comments from when the deep dive me and Josh did. On Sobbish Life first came out and be like, why are you doing this? Liverpool are never going to sign him. What's the point? Yada, 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 yada. And I was just like, glorious, isn't it? Yeah. I replied to some people, actually. Because hmm. like, I was like, what a fan channel, it's what we do. That's, that's why this is actually a company. Uh, and look at the speed at which in 48 hours, it was pretty much nailed on. This is why you can't sleep on links like this, because was clearly a player that Jürgen Klopp wanted and when he wants him and FSG really have to go and get them because of the situation that we're in now, it, the deal gets done so quickly. So it was a massive turnaround, that, wasn't it? I've enjoyed this. It's great though, isn't it? Just yeah. generally speaking, like the happiness throughout the weekend is just yeah. lifted. Yeah. yeah, apart from the fact that I, I very nearly didn't get to see any of it because apparently without knowing it was a thing, but through me, me rate limits on a Saturday on oh, Twitter. Yeah. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't even see my own tweet. And then Steve put the, the little Elon Musk yeah. screen grab into the group. And I was like, right, okay, cool. There we go. That's that's the thing. Um, no, I, I've enjoyed it because, yeah, I like I like how there's that little, obviously the little subsection we talk about all the time. You the, know, sub-section. the subsection. Um, <laughs> the subsection. The shy section. Uh, the ones who, 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 who made FSG their entire personality. <laughs> personalities. Um, and... It's like, yeah, uh, there'll, there'll be another reason behind something. There'll be another angle to view it all from, and blah blah blah. But I said, yeah. that, I said a few weeks ago on a on a video, I was doing one of the uh, fan interactive shows and stuff, and someone was like, oh, blah, blah 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 blah. I don't think we're gonna do. It. Why? Why is it? I was like, look, to be honest with you, I quite like looking forward to stuff. I quite like being happy about things. Yeah, and I will get pissed off at the end of the transfer window, yeah. but I won't get pissed off all the way through the transfer window because there's three months of feeling like shite yeah. and it's not a conscious decision it's just something that i've recognized as a personality trait where i go actually i'm okay with that i'm absolutely fine with being happy about something until i'm not i'm not gonna be unhappy about something until someone proves me otherwise because you just end up being unhappy for longer than you're mm. happy yeah i appreciate that the, like the thing is judge things at the end but then there's never an end really is that that's the i think that's people's problems with it uh, that i can fathom is 
Um, and when you feel like there's an ongoing problem that's been built and built and built and built, then people want a solution to it at any given point. But I, right, I'm quite laissez-faire about it because you watch, I think you you live football and you watch it enough over a long enough period of time. Everything kind of goes up and down anyway. So you have to kind of enjoy the highs while they're there. But all great teams struggle at times and they go through rebuilds and they have a drop-off and they come back up again. And the problem is, is that as much as Liverpool are an historically huge football club, They've somehow managed to not truly sell the soul of it to be something else, to be this giant corp, super corporate entity. They are a corporate entity, but not to the levels of some of the other some of the other ones. Um, but it, as a result, it means we've kept a bit more heart around the football club. But it does mean that we don't get to be a superpower permanently, forever and ever. We're always going to have bits off. What you know, again, that's just time and longevity. Um, we had an email, by the way, and I wasn't going to do anything on this because it because the attitude of I'm, I'm happy to wait and see, and I don't like replying in texts and tweets and emails to things around this because I think a lot of it gets t- taken out of context and you miss the the emotion and all that kind of stuff. But we had an email this week saying, "Hi, Paul and Chris, you constantly see the PR spin FSG put out in the media. Again today comes this is all, this is four days ago. Again today it comes out we are working under tight financial restrictions. That was one of the biggest football into." institutions in world football yet we're being run like a mid-table club why don't you promote the owners having to s- uh, send more or sell spend the club more. yeah uh you all go on about loving the manager why don't you want him getting backed we have two years left of Jürgen. don't you want to see him backed and to have the best last two years or do you want him to be performing miracles and scraping top four at best call these owners out and make it a daily occurrence uh, put pressure on them to either spend or sell it is completely unacceptable and with a wide following like you have you should be doing something about it we'd love to hear thoughts back by on, on by this email well, i won't do it but I, I just thought it was interesting to to i just honestly I had a million things on and i can't be asked to reply to that because we've we've done this a million times over the last whenever liverpool have a sticky period we've answered questions like this over the last 10 years or whatever they've been at the club um but I think this last few days for me anyway just kind of goes to prove the point is particularly if we're trying to judge the backing of the manager and the rebuild and all that kind of stuff as as we've said we've got until we've got until September to get him the players that he needs ideally before then but I just I just haven't got the look, fucking time or energy to no, get wound no, up about I'm probably like I think you're probably there and that guy who's emailed there and I'm probably somewhere closer to you but maybe closer to him than you are and my, my point today still is we still haven't done enough in the transfer window. Yeah. Right? I, I, I can still be so really happy about Sobersly, but also want two more signings. I probably I'll be honest, right? I don't think they're gonna buy two more players. I think it's one more big player. I'd love to be wrong on that, and I think there's a chance that I am gonna be wrong, and hopefully it's a big chance that I'm gonna be wrong on it. I'd still like another midfielder, I'd still like another defender. I'd still like FSG to put more money into the football club than they do. Mm-hmm. Um and and that has been now for maybe eighteen months. Something you just sort of said always sort of rings true. Is it's not my entire personality, and every time I'm on a video, I'm not going to bring up things that I think should change. I'm going to talk about what we're talking about at that time. So if you hear me say anything other than F, you know, I think FSG should spend more, then I've changed my opinion. Until then, this is my opinion. Yeah. And I still think FSG mm. need to spend more. I still think they need to back the manager more. I'd still like Liverpool to spend more than they're spending. And I'd still like better players than we've got. They're all constants. Yeah. And they always will be constants, no matter who we've got, whether we've won the treble, whether we've won the quadruple or what. I'm mm. still going to want more of this football club. I still want Liverpool to challenge more regularly in every single competition. 
Yeah. You know, if we if we won the quadruple, I want to win the Super Cup and the Club World Cup straight after that. I'm always looking for more as a football fan. And I think that's the one thing that all of us can always say. Yeah. We're always yeah. going to want more, but there is a reality to being a football fan that you are a fan mm-hmm. and you are a supporter and you actually can't affect change, meaningful change from a couch, no matter how big a following that you've got. If there is something where we need to go to the picket line, we will always go to the picket line like we were in 2010. Like we were when we first started, you know, marching down Anfield Road, covering all all the stuff that we did cover back then. That will always be the case. But it you can't you lose meaning when you when you march for everything. Yeah. It's the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. It's got to be worthwhile to do it. And at the moment, when Liverpool are a season away from a cup double, a couple of years away from winning the league, a few years away from winning the Champions League. It wasn't really worthwhile hitting the pick of fence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, no, it just really. wasn't. Yeah, well, yeah, Liverpool were being ran well and we were challenging. Last season was a fuck up and everyone will agree, but we all want more and we all want better for this football. Twisting club. on 19 or 20 was the problem. You know what I mean? Because you, you want, if you get 21, you've de- you've guaranteed you've won, but you're more likely to go bust than Funnily enough, twisting on 19 20 was exactly what Liverpool needed to do <laughs> yeah. in the transfer market. Yeah. Dan, what's your thoughts on this? Oh yeah, I mean, I like you all have, have seen and, and heard and been privy to the old FSG need to be putting more money in. And like Chris says, uh, I was on one of the live shows last week and it was a constant barrage. This was during the period, right? After we, the high of signing McAllister had gone away and people had already, you've got over that little dopamine hit and you've gone, right, what's next then? And we're going to see it this time around again, I'm almost certain of it. And it did come to the point whereby people were just calling out FSG and saying we need more. And already got to like, they kind of resigned, was not doing anything else. And obviously we go and get Sobersly over the line and the mood changes for a couple of days. But I'm certain it'll go back to how it was. Cause well, that get Sky Sports thing come out, which is what the guy referenced. Yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark McAdam it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, and he did the type of financial restrictions. And again, it's because there's, I think there's like Twitter's become its own ecosystem in its own world of it just mm. self-perpetuates misery and it, you know it's easy to find the negative stuff on that and then people buy in and then that becomes the the be all and end all and I guess because there's such a hunger for transfer stuff yeah. you know, we said this last week about we're, we're in the lull between signings where there's no new links there's no new news so everyone but everyone therefore becomes more desperate for it so you start to buy in and believe mm. absolutely every scrap that you hear and then that accentuates it all it can do it I just don't I think, me, like, but... I think as well, just on that, I think it's because last season was so dire yeah. that it's made 10 times worse. Because you're right. The you law... say that though, Dan, but honestly, we won the European Cup in 2019 and within a week, all all Twitter was, was where's the silence? Mm. Who are we buying? What are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? And I'd say after the, after the league, it's it just... It's just what it is this time of year. It's always like this. Yeah, to a a point, I agree with that. But at the same time, I think the lull doesn't really exist because we've got McAllister done before the window opened. People seem to forget that. And there's other clubs that we'll talk about later who haven't done any business at all yet. Mm -hmm. So really, Liverpool getting these now two players over the line is absolutely outstanding. Like, really, we have done quickly and the two great players. So we should be satisfied with that. But I think I do come back to the fact that last season was such an abomination that people aren't as patient. And there isn't a lot of patience anyway to begin with. I understand that, Dan. Yeah, totally yeah. Understand and I get that. it, yeah. Well, I, I sat there last week and said, I want us to sign more players because people were going berserk in the chat saying, call out this. And I just sat there, I want us to, to do what you're saying. Like, I'm with you, I get it, but not to the point whereby I'm willing to... Yeah, can I, sorry. It's just can a I... strategy, sorry. There's just, there's, a fucking, there's just strategies in place that we're not privy to. And I can't be... I, I won't get angry about... about and we've made missteps in transfers before, but again... 
every football club does it every single season. We just don't, we don't know, we're not as privy to it because we don't think about it anywhere mm. near as much. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think sometimes we come across like, um, we're denigrating people's views who, who have different yeah. to us. For, 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 I can only talk for myself, right? I'm not. If you want to feel like you want to sit there all day on Twitter and tell things, you know, about FSG and talk about it, that's absolutely fine. It, it, it genuinely doesn't sure bother me. Sure yeah, it's your time, sure life. It doesn't bother me. All I'm saying is don't ask me to do something that I'm not comfortable or believing. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you want to do it, and I understand that, and I've seen it on Twitter, there's loads of people who are in spaces all day, all night, talking about FSG. That's fine. It's cool. You know what I mean? I love, actually, that they've got that much passion and time that they are able to do that. I am That's banging. fantastic. I'd love to have that much time and yeah. for for what is a sport. I'm I don't. Yeah. I've got a family. I've got fucking kids. I've got I've got other interests outside of Redburn and football and everything else. Just like most people, most people do have. It's fucking boss that people love this club so much mm. that they're able to do it. But like as I say, for me, I'll only talk about what I believe in, yeah. and because I. I do think that that's the only way you can talk about it. Yeah, I'm buying into Fortnite at the minute. You know what I mean? I think mm. that's just a better way to spend my time with this. Zelda point. for me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm not FSG's biggest fans. I think everyone knows that. I'm very much in the middle. I can see exactly what they've done brilliant for the club, including the fact of look at where our stadium is right now, um, the additional seats that we're adding on, but they've also done so many things majorly wrong. Uh, transfers over the last couple of years has been one of them. And I understand people because, you know, you mentioned us winning the European Cup there, but there's that argument that when you're at the top, you need to stay at the top, which means you still need reinforcement. Um I'm one of them who just gets bored at this time of the year because I don't believe in half of the rumours. Half of the rumours just do me head in. But then I'm also very bored without football. Like I kind of want, like I need Liverpool to do something so that um, I feel like, you know, oh, well, at least me, me club's doing that. Because this, this two months of waiting for Liverpool to kick a football about again is the most boring time of year, every single year. Um, and I'm in the boat. I think FSG need to spend more. I think right now, McAllister and Sobersai is a brilliant start and well done to them. And, you know, I can t- speak about how much and call them out when they've done things wrong. And I'll say fair play to them when they've done it right. Those two signings to get McAllister for 35 mil is brilliant. Then go and be able to spend 60 mil on Slobberslai, who looks like one of the greatest, you know, prospects potentially. Um, fair play to them for that. I don't think we're done. We should not be done. I want another two. But saying that, let me review it at the end of the season. Uh, there's no point in me reviewing it right now. I can tell you that I'm really happy with where we are. I'd say it's seven out of ten so far in the window. The other three is because I want two more signings. And if we can only manage one potentially, but it's maybe to ram or someone, I'll be made up. Uh, but I can't review these signings until I actually see them play a footy game because I don't know what they're going to be like, just really. To the, just to the point... It's not even like thanks FSG for buying two footballers. It's like it's the people who do, do the transfers. Yeah. yeah, it's the lads on the tra- it's the fellas on the transfer committee. It's Klopp and it's Linders and it's Schmadker and it's yeah. you know it's Mike Gordon now back at the helm at Liverpool after taking that time off at the start of the year. You've know, gone and made this happen. We have this idea of like this like like John Henry sits there holding on to this purse with the money with the money clutched on and it's got to be pulled from his hands in order to extricate just, the money. I've just basically drawn a John Henry. Uh, Mr. Burns character in my head. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly that. Like he's like he's Mr. Burns <laughs> sat there, you know, in on top of Mount Doom in Boston, waiting for you know, wait, wait, trying to find sending out the hounds when Jurgen comes round asking for some more dough. It I doesn't can, work that way. 
I can see where, and and this is another thing. I think the another reason why people maybe get so angry about it. I don't in the moment. I will at the end of the season if if nothing's gone correct or at the end of the transfer window if we've not got someone who I think we should have gone in for. I understand though where people are like we're one of the biggest clubs in the world. We need to act like a big club. It doesn't help though because you've got Arsenal who are spending more money than I've ever seen before. Manchester City who can do that. Manchester United who can offer three hundred k for some midfielder, which we can't do. I think the point would be who spent more than us in England today. Nobody. No. Okay, so right, that, I think that's that, that's also worth talking about. Arsenal. Okay, what prob- Chelsea on? No, I feel like Chelsea might be We're somewhere. We're ninety-five million. No one spent that yet. Yeah. So that, I think that's also you know don't get me wrong. Arsenal will overtake our spending, and yeah. you'll be proved right by the end of the transfer window when I think they've probably spent close on one hundred and ninety million quid. But like also there is a time factor in play. Yeah. And the time factor is right now, today, we've spent more than anybody. Yeah, you're right. That's the short-lived thing, because you're right, they'll push the button on rights in the next 24 hours and it'll be, oh well now Arsenal spent money. It's not a it's not a that that isn't the competition, by the way. It isn't how much money you spend in this whole like and I hate this because this is the thing that gets lost. I don't want to dig this guy out in particular, but I always see this. It's very it's that very Nigel Farage speak actually when people go well, don't you want this country to be great? And normally that is that is around a really, ext- you place really extremist views, but you put really simplistic. If you say no to this, then it makes you act like the bad person for this. You know, you, you put really simple. Who doesn't want £350 million pound exactly, that we go into the NHS Exactly, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Mm. Clear, de- obviously agreeable points around really extremist sort of sort of views on stuff. And, you know, it's not about Liverpool. have never if, if what we're saying, Liverpool behave like a big club, then Liverpool have never behaved like a big club. Because if we're saying Man United are a big club, or we're saying Real Madrid are a big club, or whatever, we're saying Barcelona, or Man City behaving like a big club, I don't know. But the point Rich is, I haven't seen any of those teams in the last seven or eight years really challenge Manchester City, who've had unlimited funds to have a go at it, yeah. by the way. And in, in this is that Liverpool have never, ever, ever done that. Manchester United... For as much, yeah, great. They can they can spend more money on wages than Liverpool. They were paying David de Gea three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week. Now I'm sorry if you think that is a, a model to be looked up to, then you need your fucking head examining because mm-hmm. that is not. I would not be looking at that and going. We should be more like Manchester United. I would say we need to be very much less that, like Manchester United if that's the fucking. That's part. how people see it, which is why I feel like it doesn't help because you've got teams around us like that who do that. So I can understand why people maybe you know. Where Liverpool in the last couple of seasons haven't really targeted, you know, we went after too many, didn't get them, and then was left with Artemelo. I can understand what people are going on about yeah, when we other teams spend are spending ridiculous money. Pounds on a centre forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, it's not like, it's not like, and I know, again, there's a lot of this boils down to negligence in the midfield. I, I totally agree with that, by the way. Um, but it, again, it's it, it's like these. We have, by the way, I, these I, little, I, little, anyone's talking about FSG, sorry to interrupt there, but anyone's talking about FSG, right? It wasn't FSG that decided to buy Darwin Nunes over a midfielder. Yeah, it was someone else. Yeah. Like, they spent that 90 quid, yeah. 90 million pounds, sorry, on a forward. <laughs> Not FSG. And to the point as well on that, like, I don't think it's FSG that have said it's too many or bust. Like, if you don't go and get him, we don't we have a plan. We've yeah. done that a few sorry. times now. Sorry, I don't know where, I think this went into the into the in-air interview. But, you know, he spoke about Jürgen Klopp on there and he said... One of his qualities is that if it's not the right player, it's no one. And he actually says that's a commendable thing. And he said he's got a, his manager in Nashville is kind of like that. He said, I've had managers who aren't like that. Mm-hmm. They're like, got to get someone, got to get someone, got to get someone. And without reading between the lines, because he doesn't say exactly who. Brendan. 
<laughs> we all know we all know who he could possibly be talking yeah. about. But he, he could be talking about a, a, a couple of Liverpool managers, to be honest. And Liverpool have gone and spent money on players just to have players, and they've been rubbish. Yeah. And and you know, and you only get to spend that money once, you know. And then you've got it. Then you end up with let's just say. Mario Balotelli and Lazar Markovic, they both happened to fall under Brendan Rodgers' reign. They were two lads oh, we couldn't get rid of for love nor money mm-hmm. because we spent more money than they were worth. Didn't improve them. Didn't, And then they were very happy and comfortable in what they were earning at Liverpool. So they were just eating up resources at the club that couldn't then be used to reapportion to make the squad better. Jürgen Klopp would rather go, I will just work, I will work get more out of what I've got. I believe I can get more out of what I've got existently rather than rather than have someone I don't really want at the football club. And that that again comes back to that's Jürgen Klopp's decision. That's mm-hmm. not him someone grabbing his arm and holding it behind his back. That's his that's his ethos I, I, as, a, as, a, as a man. I do this in fucking real life. Like you know what I mean? I don't have unlimited funds. So if I if I want a pair of trainers or something, right? And they're not the price that I want, I don't just buy another pair of trainers. I'll generally speak and wait until the pair that I want are a price that I can afford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Some some of us make these decisions on a on a, a weekly, monthly basis. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's true. Um but that's the thing. No no credit to you know, FSG on it, but it was one of the things Ian mentioned to me on, on other things. Is there situa- situations where they've got the budget? And we don't really understand. None of us truly understands exactly how the budgeting works. Is there a pot of money that's sat there? We know there's, there's deals done over time and all that. How much how much liquidity does the football club have at any given time? What it sounds like with this is they had sixty. It was sixty million. It's going to cost well, sixty point one million. That needs to be paid in one hit. Now that's that's a very difficult thing for any football club to do yeah. to have that kind and of. And it will area. impact the rest of this summer. Yeah, and they've went and gone and got that. They went and found a way to make that happen. Now we don't quite know how that is. Has that come through owner funding? We don't. We won't know that until the, probably the next set of accounts come out. Um, and you're right. We won't know what the impact of that is until we see what happens next. And we're going to discuss that in the second part of the show, by the way. Um, but there are things where it's not. There's flexibility around it. It isn't just. It isn't just a rigid. System and uh, Liverpool are able to roll with the roll with the punches. Um, uh, now that we're twenty minutes in, what, what are we doing in part one? Shoppers life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thanks for the email, by the way. I don't mind. Look again. I, don't, I honestly don't mind talking about it. I just I don't like this notion of you have. I have to share other people's opinions when I do, when I don't. I can appreciate them. I think. Listen, I literally I said this before. My I, I've thought a lot about this this season. Of that I what and one of the things I enjoy why I still enjoy doing this job and I enjoy covering Liverpool because I've said everything there is to say about this football club over the last thirteen years. I enjoy th- trying to fathom out what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know for certain, but I enjoy looking at what I know and going on past experience and trying to combine it into a a, a deeper understanding of how the how Liverpool make the decisions that they make to get them there. I don't get particularly angry about them because we all have to make decisions. We're all everyone's a person and everyone has to live and die by the decisions that they make. Um so that's that's where it kinda of, where it kinda of comes from. And yeah, I, I find that I find that interesting. But I also then if someone gets angry about things, I'm not just gonna get angry because I get told to be angry about it because more often than not I'm just generally quite a understanding forgiven of, of certain situations and I've seen Liverpool lose the transfer window every year for every year every year basically mm. since windows since transfer thing. windows were the thing and I've seen pretty much every football club that's ever won a transfer window have Everton. a shit season following it Everton. you know Everton won it Ped, well. Ped went on Sky Sports, Sky Sports News and yeah. said Everton had won the transfer window oh my window. god did he yeah. Yeah. Have you not seen that? Seen that this was a few years ago oh, yeah. like, he was one of the first well to make done. that 
Yeah. Phrase, coin it like yeah. he said it. I Man, fought Man someone United else signed Ronaldo and won the transfer window, and then yeah. we went and absolutely dicked them home and away. Um, it's one of those things. It's, it's, you've just kind of judged the window, as you say, as a whole. On the Sobers Life stuff, um, I've just made up that we, again, it wasn't because it wasn't on the radar. That's the point yeah. where this has all come from. Um, We've seen the links of who we've been who we've been linked with. I was a little worried that that was the sum total of our shortlist, but clearly this lad's there. It come out with Ornstein, you know, that it was a possibility, but it wasn't it was an unlikelihood. But they've obviously worked at it. They've wormed the way in there, yeah. and the fact that we've gone from again this time a week ago, not one of us had mentioned that name in conjunction with like uh, you know it, it, could this be happening in the coming days? Stay, stay in. Um... Stay and Josh did on one of their midfielders shows for deep dive, but no, it wasn't a transfer. No like, link or anything like that. It was yeah, somebody yeah. that Liverpool potentially should target for yeah. that right midfield role. So I think they'll be made up or they are made up that they they called that like. Um but as far as the transfer link goes, no, it was nothing. By all accounts, they found out there was a release clause and they moved very, very quickly when they found yeah. out it was running out soon, wasn't it? So um great work by everybody involved in the football club to find that out and then go and get that sorted before the deadline, of course. One of the things that I, I've enjoyed about it is much like you trying to work out you know where Liverpool are going with this type of thing is right who is he because I know nothing about him until a week ago basically and I'm happy to admit that I'm a grown man I don't watch fucking all the football in the world anymore and that's <laughs> not a problem for me Um, and then and then it's like right this is the guy let's watch him let's see what he's been able to do we're lucky enough to have a White Scout subscription so I can let you watch every kick of a ball he's had and I can watch him in full matches and stuff like that, all his highlights and everything. So you dive into that. Then we we set the deep dive show up and we're able to to look at how he's going to fit in. That's the exciting part for me. It's then you you, you plug him in and you're like, Phew. we were talking about it in the office before about, oh my God, look, all the things that Jordan Henderson's been asked to do, this lad does naturally and it kind of falls into place, doesn't it? But then it's like, well, where else are you going to go with this? What does this mean? What doors does it unlock for this Liverpool side? And that's the exciting side of things for me. And listen, I would have been happy with Mason Mount signing for Liverpool. Yeah. I really would have because I think Mason Mount um, lifts Liverpool's, raises Liverpool's ceiling Right, so obviously I raises that ceiling even further for my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I found quite interesting, I know we're going to do the Bias Football podcast later, um, is I don't actually, I think he might raise Man United's floor, but I don't think he raises Man United's ceiling. So um, in terms of Jordan Henderson in this Liverpool side right now, he is a much better fit and can do more in that position than Jordan Henderson will ever be able to do at his age, mm-hmm. raising the ceiling. In terms of Manchester United, well, Manchester United. What are you saying? Rashford up top. Maybe got Jaden Sancho on that left hand side. You got Bruno Fernandez and you got Christian Eriksen. Was their their cup final side? I think if I'm right in saying Christian Eriksen's ceiling still pretty high. Is it is it as high as Mason Mount's ceiling wise for his age? Christian Eriksen, bloody good, was one of their top players. I think he raises the floor of Manchester United without actually raising the ceiling. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's why I'm looking at it now, going, "Oh, Mount or Sobersly, mate, it's a no-brainer. Mm. It's Sobersly all day because the potential for Liverpool to improve is there." I like the kids' uh, balls as well with the eight shirt yeah. thing. I like the like the profile, I like the fact that you know, I like the height of him. I like the fact that he's got that cockiness. There was that, that interview doing the rounds of where he, he took the penalty against PSG. Neymar, was yeah. it? And Neymar yeah, said, "You're going to score," and he was like, "I nah, don't miss." 
Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big fan of himself. I'll tell you that right now. I spoke to Kevin Hatchard the other day, Bundesliga commentator, who obviously watches him more often than I ever could have. And he, yeah, he backs himself. Like, so obviously, I don't worry about that. But yeah, I, my I mean, big concern with him, really, Dan, is why does he leave the house? You've got a full length mirror there. Would you would you be going and doing stuff, or would you just be staring at yourself? Yeah. They'd take all the mirrors down in the accident. They'd never get him out onto training. But uh, <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I take your point, Chris. I'm made up of it. The proper statement signing for Mills, and I think he's made some Mount Plus didn't even dawn on me that we might have been better off a Mount, quite frankly. I think we're much better off. He's two years younger than him, he's bigger than him, he's more physical than him, etc. etc. Absolute no brainer that it's obviously over Mount for me. And yeah. I think on the point about the release clause and stuff, I mean, same price as well. Yeah, probably is. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit cheaper overall. We can, we can count wages into it because he's 120 wage. grand yeah. a week, isn't he? Whereas Mount's upwards of 300, I think. So, yeah, I think um, the, the release clause stuff is fascinating because obviously we were talking to um, Leipzig about Fabio Carvalho at the time. Mm-hmm. Wonder if somebody mentioned in passing or they'd left the note out on the table that they shouldn't have done. Slobber's live release clause, 60 million. <laughs> I, don't know, what's I, reckon, that? I reckon what they've done is we, we had this when we went to the AXA a couple of years ago. We walked past the room and there was a big board on the room, wasn't there, with the lighting costs for the field? <laughs> I wonder whether in the manager's office with a glass window it was yeah. just uh, release clause dates yeah, and yeah. Soberslide's name was just there and Schmadka, someone oh, spotted it on the way back but also <laughs> just, yeah, the, the phone comes up click <laughs> yeah. on the Schmadka point as well like when we when he became um, sporting director it was said wasn't it the Bundesliga market's going to be one we explore well would you look at that we go and get someone from there so yeah, yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah he, it just seems like a perfect fit for both the player and us. I think it just seems unbelievable for us to go and get the lad so quickly. His versatility is what excites me because, look, he, he's done this attack and roll. He's played at centre mid 59 times in his, his career. This box situation that we're doing now with the formation with the inverted right back, it feels like he can fit so many solutions. You know, we talk about the AFCON nations, how big of a miss Salah will be. He are this lad just played... Chef nations, nations. Yeah, yeah, this is sorry. <laughs> uh, the, uh, he's just played predominantly as a right winger for Leipzig and absolutely bossed it. Um, so he can fit there, but also... His main goal contributions have came from sentiment, have came from that box, and that just means that we've got another player here who can unlock doors. We've re- we've relied far too much on our attackers, and with the likes of not knowing where Luis Diaz is going to be up to, not knowing how many goals Darwin Nunes will get, we've got rid of obviously Sadio Mane and Firmino, who guaranteed that a heck lot of goals. We've still got Jota there, but who knows how he'll be this season with a couple of injury-prone seasons past him. It seems vital that we've been able to to get a lad who's so creative, so attacker-minded, but also knows how to do it defensively because look at his work rate. He's unbelievable over dead balls, which, you know, rival Trent, go for it, lad. You've got McAllister there. But that's important. I think, you know, I do think there was a thing last summer where, you know, exhausted and worn out, mentally and physically fatigued, and there's something to someone coming in and showing you a bit. Yeah. And ultimately, when you sign Darwin Nunes and a, and a kid in and Fabio Carvalho, I'm not sure there was a lot of like wow factor. You know, they turn up to train. I don't think those, those were teaching our lads any new tricks. I think Gakpo does when he comes in, and we've heard rumours through people like people, they're very impressed. All the players were blown away with how technically good Gakpo is. When you bring when we bring Diaz in, I think we get the same in the January before that. Mm. All of a sudden, you bring in McAllister in, 
who gets the Weavers World Cup winners medal around. Oh, that's a Boss Champions League winners medal. Oh, that's a Boss couple of runners up medals you've got there. Got one of these. Nah, mm. <laughs> nah, la. you haven't. I was, best, I was best player in that team. Lionel Messi was basically begging me to pass him you know, <laughs> to, 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 to play him in. Um, and then again, you've got this kid and he's coming in saying, and I know we've, I mean, funny enough, Markovic said a very similar thing when we signed him, but let's not go there. Um, about like he's won a trophy every season yeah. of his professional career so far. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a cocky prick. He's obviously got, and he's got that sweet strike on him. He's got the set pieces. He's going to be walking in and going, "Yeah, look what I can do." And you know that's on now. That'll be on Trent. That all of a sudden, don't be surprised if Trent's set pieces go up another couple of percent because mm-hmm. he'll be staying behind. He'll yeah. be staying behind even later to make sure that he's the one who gets to keep those. Most solid penalty technique will go up because there's a guy who doesn't miss penalties. Who's there well. of him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, similar, 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 similar vein, and all of these things. And again. It's these little things that you can pick up on and improve, and the the younger, the more hungry. There's just an exuberance there. They know they're not burned out with everything that's been going on as well. It's not. Tobias is definitely more hungry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> stop <laughs> it! We needed it badly, didn't we? <laughs> to the yeah. point you just we needed it badly. Like we all spoke about the midfield refresh, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but what all the attributes you just m- mentioned there in terms of his desire, what he's going to bring, freshen up the squad, giving the other people something to fight for again. It's so, so important. But I did also want to say, we spoke about sort of us swooping in and sort of taking him out of Newcastle's hands. I think another key element of all of this is he's chosen Liverpool. Yes. Yeah. Again, Newcastle got Champions League football to offer. They've probably got more wages to offer. He's seen Liverpool come calling and Newcastle have gone, oh, well, they've gone. And Liverpool are the club he's chosen. I think that's a massive, massive thing in all of this because, again, yeah. mentioned it last week. Klopp wants players that want to play for us, and yeah. there's one of them. And Do we? Yeah. Are you not like? I'm extremely excited because I don't think we've had a player quite like this in absolutely years. Coutinho. Yeah, since Coutinho, but Marco Coutinho was Coutinho, on the left. Oh, I did love his header against Barca. We haven't had someone like, who scores consistent worldies yeah. for a long time. And Coutinho played on the will. left as a winger. I think he might. Think he might. Uh, um, when you say consistent. Nobody scores well these for Liverpool. That's the problem, is that he yeah, might, he might get he'll get five bangers a season. I hope, I mean, I hope you're right, but I, I think they're gonna be talking about getting into the box and stop taking the shots from distance. But that's fine that's as long as he keeps scoring. I agree, but uh, yeah, you're apart right. From, sorry, apart from Oxlade Chamberlain, yes, where they knew he had the shots, so we let yeah. him take the shots, mm. and that's something that we've we've definitely like Fabinho's actually stopped taking them as well, and he's another guy who's yeah. got. The I think it, I think it will be used more to soften up a team. As in, take one early, mm. and that defender knows he's got to come out to you, and that then opens up something else yeah. in front of you. He does... And if he slots them early, Sam. Ox is probably like the closest player I can think of in recent years, and he, this lad's on a different level. Yeah. I love Ox, but after his injury, he kind of fell off a cliff. This lad's technical ability looks incredible. I was watching highlights of him, and I, I watched the Bundesliga, I watch as much football as, as I possibly can, and I've always spotted him and thought he was brilliant. I never he, thought Liverpool would be linked with him, yeah. but like the ability that he's got. There was a, a one going on the other day where he's like just absolutely dribbled past about six players and someone's robbed it, the shot yeah. off him and put it past the post. And I thought, we don't have anyone like that who can drive into the box with that skill. Um, I am just, I'm so looking forward to the season. He is one of those players that we've missed out on a lot in recent seasons. You know, okay, look, Bellingham's more... He'll go on to be probably the the midfielder of his gen- of his generation. Um, he'll be in that. Hope, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, he'll be he'll be talked <laughs> of. I think Belling will be talked of the way that Gerrard's talked of, of and his goals and all those kind of all those kind of footballers. Even though Paul Scholes was rubbish. Um, the I oh, think I think in terms of players that move, 
we missed Haaland, we've missed Bellingham, mm-hmm. Vardy's going this summer. He's one of those. You know, he's the he's the age ready to make that step up. He's already so highly regarded. He's a future star of the game, and. Liverpool have actually gone and moved and made sure we've secured one of them. So all of a sudden, you know, compared to the other players we're being linked with, I still think it's a little early in Gabri Vega's career. And that's what we were looking at, by the way, because I think Gabri Vega was our earmarked for that slot as well. But he's he's just a he still feels like a bit of a kid by by comparison. And I think we're having to be careful on where the money goes, not to tread on part two. But this feels a bit like that that presents itself, and rather than buying Carius because you think he's a half-decent goalkeeper and you can make something out of him for a lesser fee, the real deal becomes available, so you go and get the real real deal. So that's, I think, that's I a think big I think you can tell how much Liverpool value him by the fact that they have, they have agreed to pay him one lump sum. Yeah. Yeah. I think just just that, you know, you can spread the payments and yada, 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 you spread the risk mm-hmm. as well, don't yeah. you? Whereas, you know, you, you know what you're paying for him and I think Liverpool know what they're paying for here and they're comfortable paying... What is a scandalous amount of dough in one hit? Mm. Well, we tried to spread it, didn't we? We did try to. You're still comfortable doing it. That's what I mean. It's actually a more positive thing if, in the end, we've tried to spread it a couple of times throughout, I think it was Friday, when the lease calls were expiring. In the end, RB Leipzig said, no, you can't do that, no, you can't do that. So we've gone away and had our conversation and still come to the conclusion that we need to go and get it done, and that can only be seen as a good thing. It reminds me of the Fabinho uh, transfer and I remember boarding me flight home from Kiev and oh just out of nowhere oh there, there's Fabinho what have we done here we've just gone and got one of the best defensive midfielders in the world felt like it came out of nowhere and was done so quickly and it gave you a massive boost it was this we've just lost the Champions League I'm about to fly on five different planes to get home from Kiev but Liverpool Liverpool mean business and it, we've started the transfer window like that yeah. and it um, is a massive signing. Again, you know, we've spoken about it all summer as everybody else, getting the players in early doors is yeah. massive. So yeah, this is one that Jürgen will be happy with. Yeah, absolutely made up, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm chuffed with it, really, really, really am. I think he's, just, he's a terrific player. He's got the name as well, you know, literally. That, that, like, I think I think it was finally answered, my question, Michael Reid answered. He's the third biggest Scrabble score player name in Liverpool's history, apparently. Um, Cinema Pongal? I don't know. Well, you can't, the thing is, I think Oxley chamberlain is, Not but you can't. Like, he's he's got too many letters. There's he's got, letters, though. But he's got too many letters to be a Scrabble, technically be a Scrabble okay, answer, right. Oxley chamberlain I, 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 I could get the tweet up. I won't. Um... Please, I'm pleased. Yeah, very, very pleased with that. Good business from Liverpool. Right. Um, oh, yeah, just quickly, uh, we were going to do this at the top, but we got sucked into it. Uh, good to see Ketis Jones progressing within the 21s. Uh, oh, yeah. They go through to the semis. Yes, correct. Yeah. That also but Israel happened. on Wednesday. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, Harvey Elliott didn't feature the, uh, in the game of the night, but scored an absolute screamer the other night in the last of the group games as well. So, uh, yeah, good to see them all. Taken along very nicely indeed, and he ran we, past the player. That was interesting. He ran past the yeah, he, about three of them. Yeah, 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 it was great. Very, very nice pace on the show. Like yeah, um, boss. Right, break from us. When we return, we're going to be looking at what do Liverpool do next. Have we figured out what the summer transfer plan is yet? 
We wanted to go there and we wanted to be world champions, so it was it was pretty big for all of us. Liverpool have never won this trophy. It's the World Club Championship. It felt like Firmino needed a moment like that. Bobby had the final say again with the goal. You know, it was extra sweet, I think, for, for Bobby. Just thinking, just put it in the back of the net, but that's Bobby and he's, he's so calm. I don't think they quite expected to run away with the league. I know we had COVID after it, but everyone knew Liverpool had won the league at a certain stage. You can't believe it, it, it went that long. Those players will always have that place in Liverpool's history that, you know, they were the ones. We all grow up having had him be their first great Liverpool love. He won everything with the club. Champions League, European Super Cup, Club World Cup, Premier League in the space of 13 months. He was part of one of the greatest teams Liverpool have ever put together. A legend forever. The most skillful number nine Liverpool have ever had. He was a one-off. Great example of hard work, of dedication. Gives everything for the fans and everything for the club. Everyone to a person said, I love Bobby Firmino. Bobby will be remembered as an incredible teammate, someone who brings good energy and is always in a good positive mood and is just a genuinely nice, good person. He'll be a big miss for, for everyone. Nice legs, Aaron. Hey, welcome back. Yes, all three episodes of Bobby Firmino, Best in the World, our three-part documentary series, all streaming right now on redmenplus.com and the full interviews of everyone there. So if you saw their face in that documentary, the full interview is there to stream as well, including Jordan Henderson, Adam Lallana. I've referenced it a couple of times, but the ENA one, I, I conducted that one, so I know I know it a bit more in, in depth, but... Brilliant. I, like amazing. I mean, the Peter Moore one, I'm told, you did that one as well, didn't you, Chloe? Yeah. I've heard some really good feedback on that because there's just something too. I've been saying... Being in the room. Yeah, you know, yeah. The guys are in the room when it happens. They've got a level of insight that most of us can only dream about. Yeah. Peter Moore was absolutely incredible. And he called me sweetie at the end, which I thought was dead cute. So Aww. he goes up in my estimation. He's lovely called, man. He called me that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, if you want to get all episodes of the Firmino doc, if you need some happiness in your life, uh, then head to redmanplus.com click join today if you choose a club captain yearly subscription and use the code Bobby B-O-B-B-Y you get 50% off fill your boots this summer get all the transfer stuff we've got uh, Dominic Slobberslie covered from every possible angle in fact Dan you've just done another angle today there, there's some angles like there's some series yeah I did another one today Spoke to Adam Bogdan earlier this morning. <laughs> Compatriot of his, played together for Hungary, of course, ex-Liverpool. Kevin Hatchard, Bundesliga commentator, spoke to his ex-manager, Gerhard Strube, the other day. <laughs> spoke to his former assistant manager this morning as well, when they were FC, FC Lifering together. So, yeah, angles. Yeah. And it's been amazing, by FC the way. FC Lifering, are they the Salzburg feeder They're the feeder yeah. club, yeah. They're Austrian Bundesliga too, and they feed up to Salzburg. They then feed up to Leipzig. Amazing. Yeah, it's covered. Bogdan was really good. Bogdan's a good bloke and he spoke really well of, of Dom as well. And he spoke about trying to save his free kicks and his penalties in training and just yeah. how hard that is. So it's quite a good listen. That's class. Uh, yeah, you're going to get all that on redmenplus.com. So yeah, and you can get it for half price as well. Use the code Bobby. Fill your boots with a summer and in fact an entire year full of Redmen uh, as Liverpool are going to absolutely batter everyone this season. Mm -hmm. Win on the quad. Yeah, why not? Um, I mean, it won't be the a quad. quad. <laughs> a quad. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it'll be forever like it wasn't it wasn't the uh, quad uh, I spent about three months telling Manchester United fans that it's not the quad so I can't I <laughs> definitely can't do it deleting going. <laughs> yeah oh yes uh, right sounds uh, let's crack on so uh, I asked the um, the guys before we were we were filming to have a little think about this um, what we think the reasoning is that follows I asked three weeks ago do we know what Liverpool's transfer picture is 
do we feel like we've got a clearer picture of that now that we've pushed the Sobers Live button, Chris? Because it feels to me like a lot of the links we've had up to this point have been quite fun- box to box midfielders. You know, I don't want to be a, a, a damn them by saying they're not as much as they are. This is not like a bunch of cripplers we've been we've been linked with, but we haven't been linked with guys who score loads of goals and have got a boss free kick take technique. It's been a lot of guys who you could see mould as, as DMs mm. more likely on the clock than than anything else. Has Sobers Live changed your view on what you think we're doing yeah i suppose it has but i don't think i'll be able to answer the question as in do i have a clear picture of what liverpool are going to do clearer no and this is this is i'll I'll, I'll sort of explain it now i think what what we've done and i think there is a genuine interest there or was certainly a genuine interest in kone and and choram and stuff but I think Liverpool have also put stuff out there so that it's always easier to move on to the next target if the price isn't right. And I think that's something Liverpool do anyway, to be honest with you. What I haven't really seen is links to, obviously, Sobrishly, because they didn't happen until we signed him. Um, I think there is a genuine interest in Lavia. I think there probably will be a genuine interest in a centre-half. I think with the centre-half stuff, it's probably more pertinent in that I don't think there's that many out there. And I think if we're going to hear about a centre-half, it might be like Sobislai or Fabinho, whereas they, they don't want anyone getting wind of who they want. Because if you're after a left-sided centre-half with a left foot, it's Guardiol or who? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? There, there, there aren't five players to pick from, mm-hmm. so you can't let the other teams know who you're after in case someone tries to gazump you yeah. in the signing of them. Which I think with the midfielders, it's okay to have a few mm-hmm. irons in the fire, so to speak. So... There are no links really to the left-sided centre-half or right-sided centre-half, if you believe it now. So I think that's important mm-hmm. because there are no one out there and there are not that many people to choose from. I think there is still a genuine interest in some kind of a DM, maybe for the f- present, but most importantly for two years' time yeah. for when they think Fabinho mm-hmm. might be done. Cool. I've got no idea um, in terms of like, I, c- I can understand every part of the puzzle that we do put in place, the jigsaw. I, I, I learn a bit more. you can do it. Yes. And I can paint a lovely little picture in my head, but truthfully, I don't know enough about the system. I don't know whether I sit here and think we're going to play this inverted right back situation still, but truthfully, I couldn't tell you because I'm not 100% sure. You know, Slobosly and McAllister can play different roles as well as the roles that I've identified them to play in this box midfield. Um, and like we mentioned, there's no centre-backs being heard of. And I take your point with there's not many out there, but it could just be that Liverpool are believing that by keeping Joe Gomez and by keeping Matip, that that's a thing for next season. Do I think that's what they should be doing? Absolutely not. But if that's what they're thinking, then I don't really know what we're going to do because Robertson is much better suited to the left-hand side than Costas is, but it's still not exactly what you need. The right-back situation, Canata, I'm so worried that he's going to be injured again this season. Joe Gomez has been absolutely nowhere near the level you need to challenge for the league title. And Matip, I love him. I'm not sure he's the suitor for that position. Um, and does that then mean, if God forbid we get some big injury somewhere, that we have to revert back to this 4-3-3? I don't know. I hope that the next signing can help me. Um, and I don't want to like shit on anyone else's point, but the fact that Lavia seems to be the number one instead of Taram now 
I feel gutted with a little bit to be perfectly honest Taram was the one you know from the off as soon as we were linked to it I was like wow he's incredible he's a box to box he looks more attacking but you can mould him into this DM there's so many positions for him Lavia is a bit of a mad one because he's a year older than Stefan Bajetic mm. if I'm correct yeah. you know yeah he's got Premier League experience totally get it he looks like a decent lad for me, he doesn't touch anywhere near where Taram is, but Taram is a couple of years older. But Stefan Bajetic is 18. He's, he looked, he bossed the Premier League last season when he was available. If Lavia comes in to do that role, I'm not sure we, what we're doing with Bajetic. Is he moving up the field more then? And if so, what's happening with Curtis and Harvey Elliott? There's so many questions that I'm like, I've got not a clue. Okay. Understanding, I guess, as it stands, then Dan. Yeah, you know, if you was if you looking at what we know so far, mm-hmm. if you had to, try, if you were trying to divine the future, yeah, what would you say it looks like from this position? From this position, I would say it looks like Romeo Lavia coming in, um, because he plays more of a DM than than Taram. Taram did start off life as a DM. He's obviously a little bit older. He cost more money, I imagine, as well. Yeah. Um, but I think it'd be Lavia because he ticks more boxes in terms of the homegrown quota, which is very much still a significant thing. And what mm-hmm. Liverpool need to do, he doesn't need to be registered. And then in two years' time, he becomes homegrown anyway. So there's no problems ever arising from that. So yeah. he'd make a lot of sense in that. And for me, I do think we need to go and get a defender. I think we have to get a defender. And ideally, a left-footed one who can sort of slot into that role, play at left-back for Robertson when needed, etc., etc. Because to Chloe's point there about sort of relying on a Matip and a Gomez, Canate is going to miss games of football next season. I can put good money on that. And I think at the same time, you might need Joe Gomez to fill in at right back. His form's been very dodgy. Joe Matip, his fitness is very dodgy all the time. I think we're entering a world whereby we're going to lose Nat Phillips. We've already lost Reese Williams. You're entering a world whereby we're looking at what happened a few years ago, potentially. Maybe not as catastrophic in terms of the length of the injuries, but in terms of absentees. You're going to be looking at your fifth choice and as things stand, because Nat Phillips leaving is like Dejan Lovren leaving that season, essentially. Mm-hmm. You're looking at your best fifth guy going to pastures new. Now, are we going to keep someone like Jarell Quanta around to do that role? A kid who just spent time at Bristol Rovers on loan? Not for me. That's just not it. It can't be. He needs to go out on loan again. So, we need to get a defender in. Um, I think the Saran one is fascinating. And I agree with Chloe. I really want Saran. I think he's superb. But this, this Soberslide deal has come so from left field. Ironically, he's going to play on the right-hand side. But <laughs> I think sake. McAllister... The interesting thing with Taran was always the fact that he's played that left side of the attacking eight, which is obviously what McAllister's going to do. McAllister's above Curtis Jones in the pecking order. Curtis Jones, brilliant last season, great, happy days. But go and wait and watch McAllister do it for a little bit is my sort of viewing on that. But then we signed Soberslai, he's going to be the right-sided one, which is the role I'd kind of earmarked Taran to come and do, which is not something he's done naturally. But now we've signed someone for that as well. So you can't go and sign Taran for the sake of it and say, oh, you can play DM every now and then. So I think signing Lavia would be the alternative and probably my preference now. But your point, Chloe, on Pachetic is the most interesting thing out of all of this because you are blocking his pathway and we've seen how brilliant he is. And he becomes homegrown. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, the, that's the Lavia tick as well. Yeah. Because that's the when he's thing. 21, he becomes one of them. But then have we got concerns about his injury? Because I know I spoke to Neil a couple of weeks ago and he said his injury is going to go on into the season. He's not going to be ready from day one this season. So have we got a bit of worry about that I, potentially? My general feeling on this is I think Tiram was the number one target. I think Gravenberch was probably the number one target, but they're being kind of messed around with him because he's not getting the clear answers that he wants mm-hmm. from Bayern Munich. 
and he's obviously away. He's always been away at the at the under at the under twenty one euros, which is true of most of these targets. In fact, Lavia actually isn't. Is he? I don't think he, he got injured yeah. before it. Um, so I think there's, I think the Sobers life stuff has actually had an impact on who we go for next, and that, a couple of reasons. I think the homegrown thing is an important part. We've got one homegrown, non homegrown slot left. Haven't signed him. If you can get someone who you don't have to register and then goes on to be homegrown, laughing. I do think there's maybe a little budgetary thing. There's talk now that they had a thirty million pound bid rejected. The feeling seems to be that around thirty five might do you for for Lavia. It doesn't feel right. Sure, I'm just it's like it's just a yes for me. It's the it's the physique. Yeah. yeah. Now there might be that thing of. I just think there's like a there's a flow chart that goes on behind the scenes, and it's for every move has a knock on impact to the next move, and I think. 60 million coming out the budget in one hit has an impact, certainly. The homegrown thing has an impact, certainly. But also the level of who you've bought. You've, I, I'm not sure we were going to buy three nailed-on first-team footballers no. for the midfield this summer. And that's when you start to remember, yeah, Fabinho was arse last year. But he'll only be 30 in October. He should still be fine to be the old cop to the new cop you know, on the on, on the job kind of thing for half a season, a season next year, which means you can afford to go and get a bit of a younger lad yep. in. I think save yourself a few bob. But you've got Sobersly and McAllister who can go straight in from minute one next season if you need them to. And then between Fabinho Henderson and 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 and, and then a nineteen year old Lavia potentially, mm-hmm. I think you've rounded that off quite nicely. But I think if you can't get Sobersly for sixty, you probably get Vega for forty. And then you go and get Tehran for forty-five or whatever, whatever it is, and then you've you've ended up in a reasonable sort of spend. Does the Tiago links change any of this? Yes, um, that's kind of if again, if I'm just predicting the future, which is impossible, it'll be bullshit, and there's something miles wrong because it always is. Be wrong by the time we finish the show. Oh, unbelievably! I I think we're going to sign four or five footballers this summer, but I think. I think we. I don't think we'll sign them all until we've completed a few bits of out no. in that in that regard. And I said this maybe last week, but I think Thiago and Matip are the linchpins to that, and maybe Simicas. They're the three that if you can get a move for any of those lads, I think that unlocks a a little bit more dough, mm-hmm. a little bit more in the wage budget as well to go for it, and a, just an actual need for footballers because we de- we just need footballers in midfield. We've got and actually filled them the the. the bare necessities I do think we need another DM still yep. um, for, for comfort's sake but I think beyond that I think if Thiago gets a move I think that allow that gives you a little bit more freedom to go and get someone else and that's maybe a world where you do end up with a Teram and a Lavia or maybe a Vega and a, and a Lavia as well no one's even talking about a centre-back though what the hell do there we is... do at centre-back in terms of... someone last night on the um, the as we went live when we announced Sobersly, someone was mentioning Colwell, which obviously mm-hmm. Brighton had a 50 mil rejected for him, so Liverpool aren't going to pay that, I don't think, on the lads. There's that Inacio who looks about 37 mil or something, but you've just mentioned the homegrown position. How, like, if we get Lavia, then that, well, that can might go to be the centre That back. might be the knock-on thing, you know, it's like the 40 old-school Michael Edwards chess of it all, is that we don't know those forward plans, so... Lavia would mean that you could still go out and buy that other 
centre half yeah. if you wanted to a non homegrown centre half because you'd have that space left in your squad so it might be that just actually I meant to say this on my point Josh Owen with the super chat says Lavia 5'11 actually think he's closer to 5'10 um, too small Terram 6'4 Gravenberg 60 that's the one thing Can I'm I a little concerned an about an outside sort of thought that I had I wondered whether right let me play this through first of all <laughs> I wondered whether you sign Shoreham as your centre-half that moves into the midfield and you leave Trent in the middle of the park. Hmm. Right. And I, right, John Stones, that's how you get to your three-box three, if you want to do it that way. Um, because he's six foot four, he's fucking massive, he's yeah. strong, he's got all the ability to play on the ball in the middle of the park. You then make that right, Canate, the right back in the four, and it just feels like, and again, this this is highly unlikely to happen. I know this, by the way, but it stops such a big run from Trent to go right back to centre mid. It's just a lot of distance to cover all the time, isn't it? Whereas if it's a ten yard forwards backwards, it just seems a lot easier to do, mm-hmm. and you keep Trent in the middle of the park all the time, and then you'd have you. You're Andy Robertson, you're Canate, and you're Van Dyke, and then all of a sudden you've got Van Dyke and fucking Choram, six foot four, six foot five in yeah, the middle. Canate is playing your right back in defensive situations, and Trent just stays in the middle and pulls the string. And I know this is highly unlikely, but yeah. that's why I would go for someone like Choram over Lavia mainly because of the height thing and gives you more options. I sorry, I agree on that point. I would rather Choram, but I yeah. think from where our window's heading. Lavia right. seems like the more obvious answer right now because of what we've done but is so he, far. Is he that much cheaper? He is. You're talking 10 15, mil. 20 million cheaper. Oh, but yeah, and, I don't think that's unachievable in players going out. No, it's not. What? what Tiago, give me 25. The height thing, yeah, that's yeah. That, I mean, possibly. I don't know about Fenerbahce paying that, to be honest. But yeah, the height thing is obviously an obvious factor in all of this. But I wonder whether the box system allows you not to... You do need as much height in there, especially if you do go and get another centre-back to sort of replace Andy Robertson, because Andy Robertson is lacking in the height department when it comes to being a centre-half. So if you replace him with somebody six foot two and above, you've added a bit extra there, because Lavi is a ball-playing six. That's what he does really well. He reads the game brilliantly. He's not this destroyer in there, like Fabinho can be. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder whether the box with Trent alongside him allows for that a little bit more, because you don't need... Fabinho's not having to cover every single blade and get across with these big sliding tackles. Lavia is very intelligent. He's probably more intelligent than Fabinho, but Fabinho's got this long ranginess and he's more physical, etc., etc. But to the point with Tavam, actually, Chris, I will say, his whole career development has been moving forwards up the field. So to bring him right back would be a thing. It'd be interesting. It's something it's possible. that Jürgen's done. Yeah, it's possible. in that scenario, and again, I know it's pie in the sky, I've just solved both the issues, the monetary issues, yeah. because you don't need two. You My- one guy becomes both of them. yeah. yeah. My 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 thoughts on this was something that came up on a video at the weekend. I think Henderson might just end up as that. I think Henderson's your other centre half slash right back thing. You know, he just, he's Trent's. He effectively does do the guy who does Trent's job because he's actually got the mobility to get up and down. Tim Orbachetich were the two the two names that I would always yeah. thought of. Um, I can't see he's not he's not he's less of a natural fit now for that role that we discussed that the that, that Sobers has been bought for. Depends what our thoughts are on Elliot. Is Elliot just going to be? Salad in the Europa League and the cups and a, and a handful of like twenty minutes here at the end of football matches. If you want to keep Salad fresh, yeah, Back up the top, it's like I wonder whether Pajetic, if Thiago does move on, becomes Thiago in the loosest possible sense mm-hmm. of saying the sentence. Yeah. In terms of <laughs> minutes and sort of, and the way he plays football, yeah, I wonder if it becomes that and become, does become more of an eight. 
Someone it's, mentioned Fabinho at centre-back the other day in, in a live as well, which I hadn't thought of mm. because, I mean, he's not very tall, but I've, yeah. not, I've not enjoyed that as, as much when I've seen it happen, um, which sadly we there did. There was a reason that, that Phillips time. and Reese williams did better at centre-half than Fabinho. Yeah. It was because Fabinho was in midfield. Yeah, Hamoud here with the super chat says, uh, what's your thoughts on Trent moving to midfield and moving Fabinho to right centre-back? Well, there, there we go, go. perfect timing. As you know, he used to play in that position with five his national times, team, Brazil. Five times, that's how many times he's played right-back in his career. Mm. It, it always gets brought up. It was literally a handful of times. Mm. He's 30 years old. He yeah. did say, <laughs> he said he played... Not for me, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know how he played for Brazil, but Hamoud seems to think it was, a, it was a thing, but... It was, it was five times. I remember looking into it when we signed him. Really? Yeah. yeah. And he's not played it for us, so it's five times. Yeah. I think he's got possible. I think there's possibilities there, but it's the it's what Henderson's role is within the squad impacts that, because there's a, again, there's a way, there's a world to see Trent's understudy and the DM understudy and a, a third choice for that right eight slash ten as well. That's kind of fine. A bit more Milner's Hamoud. Hamoud, apologies. I've just I've just basically said that was stupid. I've also just said Liverpool should sign Kefram to him and play him as a centre. <laughs> <laughs> so really, I'm the stupid one here, not yeah. you. Yeah, the centre back thing is is interesting. I, I do wonder whether again. I, what I like and what I think with the game, the overall game plan, by the way, is to remain as flexible as possible for as long as you possibly can. Same, and that just feels that feels yeah, well, true. Mm. But that that feels a bit like a bit Yoga. of brinksmanship. And I know we're a lot, we're a lot. It goes back to our point at the top. People are nervous. People want all the answers now because they want to know it's going to be okay, and they don't want a situation. And they, they, and again, it's like credit in the bank. People are worried that we're going to end up with an Artemelo style situation again. Which I get because they've done it, mm. and and again, it's like going back to the mistakes that the club have made. They do tend to learn from them. I, every club makes those mistakes, you know, periodically, I guess. But I think because you was the one dancing actually in the office, like why haven't we pushed the button on Charam and why haven't we pushed it on mm. Kone and why haven't we pushed yeah. it on Vega and blah blah blah? I mean, Kone. Went off injured. Now injured, yeah. So that was that's a fun, that's quite a funny point because I think I said that to you at the time yeah, is yeah. that yeah if he gets injured then you've just spunked 40, 50 million pounds mm-hmm. on a player he doesn't solve any of your problems anymore. Not that he's out that for that long, but there is a degree to which I think they've got, they've got to wait for things to develop, and when the right move comes along they know. It's like and Tobaslai who was clearly I think right at the top of that wish list, they were shopping down the down the talent pool. And when that comes available, they go right down. Let's go. Let's go and push the button for that. They're able to do that because they have just held on a little bit. Yeah. It's a bit. We still a cater plays like this, and Thiago plays like that's the Carto. It's waiting for your own moments and opportunities. You can. There's people who just charge straight ahead, foot to the floor, go in a straight line. The people though who just hold on a minute and wait for the landscape in front of the shift, then then you know play smart. I feel like we're trying to do a little bit more of that this summer, which is I think is the right approach in the centre half thing. Chelsea, I think they're still going to hold out because as much as they're moving players and yeah, they're shipping them off to Saudi and all this, they've still got far too many footballers. And there will come a point. Pochettino only started the job today. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get to run the rule over in the next couple of weeks and decide who he actually wants and who he doesn't. And that'll open up some Chelsea some Chelsea sales, I think, in the couple of weeks. So that Colwell situation just might change. Someone mentioned the comments, but Mark Gway here at Crystal Palace is another one who's yeah. been, who we've been linked with as well. I think we do have centre-half things. I mean, Mickey van der Ven's been linked with Top Tottenham players, this last yeah. week. That might be something that forces Liverpool into a little bit of action or whatever, but 
yeah, I do feel like a centre-back. I think we need two centre-backs, if I'm being honest. I think we need a right-sided one and a left-sided left side, and yeah. a left-footed one. Um, do you think that's achievable for this window? For, no. Well, for us? No. Without, without players out. What's your preference certainly. in that case? I think we definitely need... I think we just need to upgrade Matip one or the other. Whatever you need. I think you just need someone with a bit more pace than Joel Matip. If, it, if he's got a left foot, then... Absolutely laughing. If not, probably right. Probably right-footed in the short term because you own Simicass and Robertson. My answer, my answer, my answer would be in terms of what improves your ceiling. The left side of the centre half mm-hmm. improves your ceiling. Um, what improves your floor is the right side of the centre half because they're likely to be unfit. Yeah, a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah. So, so it depends what you want. Really, like if if everyone was fit, the left one's well more important than the yeah. right. But not everyone's going to be fit. Yeah. So the right one's really important because yeah. Robertson for, is generally oh, fit. Yeah. For yeah. me, it's the, for me, it's the left-sided one, um, and it all that would also therefore free up money because I think if we sign a left-sided centre half who plays left back as well a little bit, Timacast, like we just got to go. He has to, yeah. not for our sake, for his own sake. He's got to go and play football somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, yeah. at, it will. It's uh, again, these are the points where you, you start to come into squad management territory, and it feels that like Liverpool are being a bit a bit more brutal. And I thought there was the the point. When they don't, when the Bellingham thing occurs, it comes back to me. What, what is what is the overriding mission statement for this summer? I don't think the overriding mission statement is go and get loads of world class footballers. It's to it's to go and get volume, and not buy a load of shite. By the way, it's to go and get good solid footballers to fill the squad out because it's so we're so lacking in so many areas. In reality, if we're changing that system to go back to the defensive thing. That left-sided centre half slash left back thing doesn't isn't right for that. So if you were you need we do need to replace Robertson and Simicast in reality, mm-hmm. and we do need to replace Gomez and Matip in reality. It, you know that'll need to happen at some point. I don't think again we can't do we're not going to do four defenders in, no. in 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 the in the window, but we do need to go and get some lads who can do it. And I think you can survive with another season with, Rob, with Robertson as your predominant player in that position. If you can get a young lad who can understudy that a little bit, who's got room to develop, that that's absolutely laughing. And I think the same goes on the other on the other side as well. And then next summer is the one where what you've bought, you've you, you know, that's when Henderson finally gets you can you can phase Henderson. Al Thiago might have gone by then. You're starting to phase Fabinho. Out to your midfield rebuild is largely done. That's when you need to go and buy a Bellingham type next summer, and you need to go and buy your Van Dyke. Mm. replacement maybe and maybe a salad maybe a salad you know what I mean you know or, or over the next two summers the follow after this one you're buying one or two geniuses but you've got your squad this is genie this is the genie one Alden window for me this is like buying a bunch of players that make your squad work again make your system work but you're probably the not call, the call's just as important as the players that you yeah. bought here yeah. because Liverpool by numbers last season certainly I think a lot of us got it wrong in how many midfielders we went in with and you know I, I'll only talk for myself got it wrong thought we would be okay numbers wise mm-hmm. but we went and and then and that was because the volume of players that we had didn't have the games in their legs going yeah. into the season we got it wrong a couple of years ago uh, Liverpool got it wrong with the centre arms numbers wise we had the right amount of centre arms we just got loads of fucking injuries yeah. and that's the problem. This is where we're kind of at. In terms of a big squad, we've got a bigger squad than Manchester City, mm-hmm. for the most part. In terms of lads who play week in, week out, we had that last season. 
just didn't work out because they couldn't get on the field at the same time. That's the problem that Liverpool have had. But with Cater going, with Ox going, that's freed up two of those spots that are, you know, that we needed games from. And the centre-halves issue is the same as last year with the midfielders, is that Gomez and Matip have too many games missed. You need to replace them with lads who are going to be Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There all the time. I said this on a on my McAllister analysis video on my channel. The if you plug McAllister's minutes in, and uh, compared to the minutes you've taken out in Milner, Milner played about eight hundred minutes in midfield last season. Caton and Ox did just about around five hundred, just slightly less. Add the thirteen on for Miller. Oh yeah, we can add that in as well. Um, McAllister's minutes are enough to replace all the lads who've left to keep Thiago on two thousand minutes of your choosing, and to and to give Fabinho. A thousand less than Henderson, five hundred less. Now he's not because he's one man, but to then plug Sobersly in, mm. you've actually all of a sudden not just improved the quality of your squad, but actually you've improved the the way you can balance your squad out in the minutes given to the senior lads as well. People credit Real Madrid for how they've rebuilt that midfield, but nobody goes, "What the fuck are you doing?" Given keeping Modric and Cruz around, I know because they're brilliant, but. You can hold older players in your squads who are still who are good, useful people and have a lot of additional qualities, so long as you get to choose when they take to the field for you, and they're not the ones who are holding your whole enterprise together. So yeah, in terms of what they've done, who it works for me. If we were to sign to Ram, and I'm not saying Lavia because I don't want Lavia, I want to Ram, and a centre back, who, what what have I got to do? Have I got to sell Tiago? Do I need to fill up a space because of this homegrown thing? Someone would have to go. No, wait, wait. If you sign, you send the back in. Yeah, yeah. I want to ram and a centre back. Depends who sends the half. If it's Levi Cole, we'll know you're fine. No, it's if it's a 19 year old, you'd be fine. I don't think we're getting him. I th- I'm going to go with Nashu just for the fact that he's in Europe. He's Portuguese. He's 21. I so he's so still that, that, over. Yeah, you, they need to be in at 19 to have played for two years and to to count towards homegrown. Because by the time they're 21 or there or thereabouts, there's something around the birthday and the season starting. Yes, which I'm not quite, it, yeah, yeah. quite au fait on. If they join at 19, they get two years in your academy, basically, and then they become homegrown. 
Okay. She so, couldn't sign a 21-year-old or need, a 20-year-old. But I can if I lob Tiago after Sardi. Yeah. Yeah. In a better choice of Thiago, words, Tiago yeah. frees yeah. up a space of your... Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But again, I, I think that's where I think we should be pretty comfortable, though, because I know everyone's got issues with Tiago's fitness and his injury record. But if you... If you don't have to play him for ten games back to back to back to back to back, you'll be fine. Which is what happens every time we get injured. If you just get to play him for sixty minutes and half an hour in rotation here and there, um, there's not much better you're going to have for your squad in terms of a, a stopgap for another for another season while you while you wait and see how everything develops. It's the it's the massive thing for me. I'm a little worried about us doubling down on the existing on our existing defensive players because I think. The midfield, fresh legs in the midfield will cover a multitude of sins. But if we really want, I don't want to then get to the end of the summer and we burnt the midfield out, then we have to rebuild the defence next summer. And then, you know, it'd be nice to. Yeah, exactly. So just get rid of Matip then and bring Akhenav to Ram and a centre back. I wouldn't get rid of one of them. I I just, we need to sign a centre defender. We can't get rid of any of them. Unless they buy two. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, These be plus one. But one opinion. of them needs to be English. Uh, yeah, or, or a kid. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> and then let's not even get into the what happens if you get rid of your like your Nat Phillipses and stuff like that, because then you're in a position where you are you plugging Harvey Elliott into your homegrowns yeah. to keep your quota up, and that's why like Cleveland Keller at this point is looking invaluable. Yeah, yes, yeah. And the Adrian stuff comes into question as well. Yeah, there, there are you probably need a young homegrown goalkeeper or a homegrown goalkeeper to get in for Adrian and stuff like that. That's fascinating that side of things at the moment. Actually, if you if you are watching or listening, to look at what go back to Michael Reed's tweet about the squad and start looking well, at that. Like, I do listen. Yeah, I spoke to Michael Reed last week about it all. He obviously knows everything there is to know, and he explained in detail how exactly Liverpool can go about their business and what we do need to do. And I think one of the key points that that I was a little bit surprised by actually is the fact that Liverpool very rarely have named a 25-man squad. Like we normally fall short of that because of these reasons that we don't quite meet the quotas and stuff like that. We have too many non-homegrown, so we just named 23. I think it was 23 it's, last season. Yeah, we it was 23 with. last season. It might have been the year before as well. But the interesting thing is that that the the new information that I found from it all was Liverpool have more non-homegrown than pretty much everybody. Everybody, yeah. everybody else has got loads more homegrown players than we have. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose the technical thing is we we've got a lot of young. We do have a lot of young players. Who you can just play. It doesn't yeah. really matter, does it? You know what I mean? So you like Harvey Elliott. Yeah, yeah, right, well, Harvey Elliott and Bacchetta are good examples. Who gives, who gives a shit? Because they're in your squad. It doesn't really doesn't really matter. That that homegrown thing is only non-homegrown things only important. If you want to have that, if you if you need to have that many non-homegrown players in your in your side, then you So do I, like can we basically promote Harvey Elliott into one of the you know people that you've got to name? Does that at then? The moment, no. that you can only have a maximum right now, of okay. twenty-five, and you can only have a maximum of seventeen. I think it is yes, non-homegrown. Yeah. Eight of which have to be homegrown. Eight plus seventeen. Okay. And homegrown doesn't matter what club they're at. It has to be somewhere in England or Wales. It can yeah. be from anywhere. Yeah. Um. Cool. Um, apparently, well, hang on a minute. Why isn't Andy Robertson homegrown? Because he didn't play in Scotland. So Scotland, but Scotland Wales is okay. okay but Wales Scotland's is fine. Not. Yeah, Scotland. Because huh. Cardiff, Swansea, Wrexham, all playing the English league. Ah. But Scotland's a completely different entity. Yeah. See, I thought I knew that Scotland weren't allowed. I didn't know that Wales was allowed. Wales is, fine. is that a Brexit thing as well? Is this? I don't think it's before no. Brexit. This all, this was all a thing. Yeah. 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 Scotland. Ed's no. fell off. I know. <laughs> The point is, we're all right. I think you know. I saw again. I saw a lot of criticism around it. It was, an inter- it was de- it's definitely an interesting point, but it, it does speak to these are the situations. 
getting Sober's line instead of mount as an example yeah. means that you do have to think oh, about what the next trans, what the next trans. And that's right. That is it. Words but I want to mouth. run. <laughs> that's what it might boil down to you, your three oh. midfielders might have been McAllister, Vega and Turnham instead it might have to be McAllister, Soberslai and Lavia and that's that, because that's how you that's how you shuffle it it's, it's Tetris isn't it you know what I mean that's yeah. what they're aiming for no, you know you're, like... you're shaping the right shaped pieces into the into the holes that are available so wait, should I just give up on Taram then no, 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 is no, that what get, should no, happen no, no, here no, no, because, because I can't someone, get me ha- Taram becomes a, if we sell a non-homegrown player go. it has to be a midfielder I, I, no it has to be in terms of quotas but Tiago's I think in terms of squad balance yeah, yeah. I, I still think there is a requirement for a someone who will be whether they're specialist or otherwise to predominantly play as a DM yes. in rotation with Fabinho this season, I think we need to buy that player. Which is lovely. and I think we will buy that player. Yeah, potentially. I think I think we will buy that player, but I do think there's a fo- there's a fourth midfielder that Liverpool will buy, uh-huh. but only dependent on other people leaving the. So do you team. think we're not buying a centre back at all? I think we'll sign a centre back. I do. Wow, so you think we'll sound fat? Can, can I just say, right, Liverpool's 4-3-3 is fucking excellent at the moment. <laughs> if you look at it, like, yeah, yeah. could you just put Temp back in it right back? Sound. Yeah. You, you've got McAllister, Sobersly, Fabinho, and whoever you want there right now. Well, that could... like, And then you've just, your centre-half issue is actually solved. Well, this is why the centre-half... one of them out. The centre-half thing is so complicated. Is boss. The centre-half thing's so complicated because of that system. on the 4-3-3 one. No, yeah. but that no, but the three box today is so hard to judge the centre half situation. It just is because right now, Canate, you're not getting better than Canate for that right hand side. You're not getting better than Van Dijk for the central one. You can improve upon Robertson for the left one, and I think in theory Gomez is a perfectly apt substitute for Van Dijk or for Canate in there. But I don't think Matip is. And then, yeah, Trent moving out complicates everyone's thinking on everything because I'm still seeing people going, well, this mean Trent has to go back to right-back? Trent plays at right-back for Liverpool. I know, I know, and I go back and forth. I'm like, no, he doesn't. He just plays in midfield. We see him, look, he's in midfield all game long. He does play in midfield, really. But nominally, he plays right-back for us. So this moving in one way or the other makes no, it's not a point, but it does bend your head when you try to work out what we're, what we're actually doing. The 4-4-2 thing... There's a four four two now. The four four two is it? Yeah, four four two or four two three one or four three three. When you play an actual a proper right back in that, we need a right back. Well, <laughs> I understudy. I think that that actually weirdly makes it easier because I don't think you. I just think you tell Trent you're not playing right back anymore, mate. You'll play it in the box midfield, but if we play four three three, you're not playing right back. You'll play in midfield for us, mate. Don't worry about. Oh, you'll be resting. I see. In a four three three, I disagree because of the players that we've signed. In a four two three one, he plays in midfield. Full stop. And that's why I said they've got me started. Yeah. Because if you sign a right back, he's alongside Fabinho. I'm going to say it's part of two. Oh, yeah. mate. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have to sign a specialist oh, right back, though. Oh, mate. Well, yeah, you have to yeah, yeah. No, I don't think. Maybe. But I think you just buy a specialist centre half then. And you, you get a bit of an easy choice. You can buy a left footed or a right footed centre half. And it doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. Robertson and Simicas are back to left backs again. Mm-hmm. You then just need another centre half. Gomez becomes your right back. And that solves, I think, your solidity issue yes. with 4-3-3 mm. um, and you've got Connor Bradley as your understudy for him if need be and you've got Jordan Henderson I think can do it as well still in addition and Trent can, can go there if you're really confident of having loads of the ball but right now as far as our unknowns of what the plan is buying that next defender is so complicated I don't I just 
Uh, yeah, I don't really know. I don't know what they're gonna yeah. do with that. But we, we there's a flow see. chart. There's a flow chart somewhere on the on the in the accept probably Jürgen's office where he's got all of his formations and all of his signings and all of this stuff is fluid. And the moment where it's like, oh god, we've got to go that way now because we've signed him. And it's, it, but this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. This is. I say I hate transfers around football, and I've always said it, but this is the fascinating part of transfers. It's not the players for me, it's what the hell does it all mean? But I want to skip to the end where I just have my fucking answer, is my thing. Oh, we've signed, if we could just skip forward several weeks so I can know the hell we've signed and where they're playing, I'd appreciate it. But then, you know... The fun might be taken you'll out be, of it, you'll but be, I hate You'll be livid waiting. when the football comes back and then all of a sudden <laughs> they've got, all these players have got to perform. Yeah. And then it's, yeah. you know, and that, that's the real stress. This is the... I know, that can it. just still happen. Just let me go to bed for the next two weeks what, instead. Let me just keep going. Through, through what, what, <laughs> what did your head say about the formation? Could we just speculated on five the different possibilities there. Box, 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 box. I think we're all in on that. I think well. But I do think we're not soft who we've bought and this goes back to what we're trying to buy this summer we're not buying we've not bought another Mo Salah and we're not buying another you know necessarily Van Dijk or whomever or a Fabinho we're buying lads who've got if we have to go back to 4-3-3 we'll be absolutely fine Mm -hmm. if we go back to 4-3-3 and again you can play 4-4-2 all of a sudden you could play Sobers lie right mid. You could play Diaz left mid if you wanted to. You could put Darwin and Gapo. And we front, sat, you know, we sat here last week talking about Salah's, you know, understudy and yeah. stuff. And we boxed that this week as well, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. In Sobers lie, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's boss. Yeah. yeah, very good. Um, so does anyone have any more on this Thiago removing Liverpool from it into the bio? Steers adamant that it was never in there. Um, because everyone's decided Thiago's gone because he's removed it from his Insta apparently, but not his Twitter. But um. No one's been able to verify to me whether that was ever. I haven't seen it verified. I've seen a lot of news outlets running with the story. So there's with a, it, there's a lot of people in the wrong if Steve's right. So Steve Hall is going against a lot of institutions right now. I wouldn't um, back Steve. No, yeah. no, me. And Neil Jones, obviously. Coming from a lad who's backed Steve, by the way. <laughs> who's all, yeah. we're all from ex- talking from experience yeah. here for once. The, the, the Saudi fit seems like the most obvious fit for Tiago, doesn't it? That's what we're all kind of. Uh, alluding to but like I say Fenerbahce reportedly keen on him so yeah Yeah. Uh, right we've got a couple of things uh, to still cover Uh, we have got a draw prize draw for this month's uh, club legend prize we had a signed Adam Lallana shirt Uh, so I'm going to tap this and then we're all going to go Fraser Peel, congratulations. Well done. Fraser Peel has just won our signed Adam Lalana shirt. Well done. Well done indeed. Um, I haven't won one of these yet. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. Um, you get to look at these prizes while they hang around the office for the time before yeah. we get rid of them. Though. Yeah. Um, we have got a, another amazing prize to give away this month if you join uh, RevenPlus.com as a club legend. Um, it is this absolutely wonders what we're dubbing the legend shit hey everyone brand new month brand new incredible liverpool competition prize over on redmenplus.com it is this it is what we have affectionately dubbed the legends shirt every former liverpool player that we interviewed over the course of the season we got them to sign this wonderful liverpool home shirt that includes and let me get the list for you you've got rush aurelio Skirtle, Aldridge, Steve McMahon, Mark Wright, Jay Spearing, 
and Adam Lalana. All you need to do is go to redmenplus.com, uh, join as a club legend, or upgrade an existing subscription from club captain to club legend, and you will be in the prize draw at the end of the month for our incredible Liverpool legend shirt, redmenplus.com. So yeah, last season's home shirt signed by the most eclectic collection of Liverpool legends ever assembled. Um, if you want to be in the prize draw to win that one at the end of the month, uh, then go to RevenPlus.com, sign up as a club legend, and your name will go onto the wheel of names uh, for the spin in a month's time. Other than that, yes, get uh, Philly Boots on Sobers Light content over on Redman Plus. Get the Bobby Doc as well. Do go and get yourself 50% off a club captain yearly subscription. It's going to get you all the video, all the podcast content at high half price for a year uh use the code bobby b-o-b-b-y anyway thank you very good very good very good pre-season starting soon people Boss get lad. ready to see a slobber slime in red oh. i cannot wait now i'm dead excited for that and i wasn't like five days ago. i know Boss. right thank you so much that is the original podcast uh come and join us on the uh biased transfer show uh after this one over on redman plus Hey, so pre-season is just around the corner for the mighty Reds, but if you want to spend your days, weeks and hours celebrating a Liverpool legend, then check out Bobby Firmino, Best in the World, our three-part documentary series, episodes two and three, exclusively streaming on redmenplus.com right now with full interviews from so many of our amazing contributors, including the Liverpool skipper, Jordan Henderson, the greatest goal scorer the club's ever seen, Ian Rush, and a hell of a lot more right now go to redmenplus.com all episodes of bobby firmino best in the world streaming today